0: This is the Game Misconduct Podcast
1: with Don LaGreca.
0: And welcome to the Wednesday edition of Game Misconduct. I am Don LaGreca. Where to begin? So many games last night. I called the Ranger Capital game, and and there's a few times during the course of a season where you say, you know what? There are style points. You want to win the game. That's the most important thing, especially the Rangers who had won four of their last 11. And as a matter of fact, in their last five wins, four of them Came in overtime of the shootout. They had only one regulation win. That was the game against the Kings with the spinning incident with Keandre Miller a couple of weeks ago. So the Rangers really trying to find their groove here. They take on a Capitals team. No Ovechkin. He's a last minute scratch because of upper body injury. Sonny Milano's out with a non COVID illness. All right, you're already playing without Carlson. You're already playing without Hagelin. You know uh, Orlov traded away. Hathaway traded away capitals are a shadow as dave maloney said during the broadcast of what we've used to see and the rangers have a 4-1 lead and they they're taking care of business they they really are and then they kind of sleepwalk through a portion of the third and the next thing you know you're in a 4-3 game goaltender pulled holding your breath that the capitals aren't going to tie the game and it's infuriating if you're a ranger fan because when is this team going to finally start to click and gel with the talent that they have especially against inferior opponents you go back to last Thursday against Montreal. Now, I know Montreal beat Pittsburgh last night, and I know they're playing hard. But the Rangers are better than the Montreal Canadiens. You shouldn't have to go to a shootout to beat Montreal. You shouldn't have to go to overtime to beat Buffalo. All right, You don't get schooled by the Washington Capitals 6-3 to three a couple of weeks ago in their building. When I'm getting ready to call that game, and everybody and their mother associated with the Washington Capitals are like, Oh, you're going to kill us today. We got nothing. So we're, the Rangers have 15 games to kind of get it right. They know they're making the playoffs. And because of Pittsburgh's loss last night in, at home against, of all teams, Montreal, they've now got an eight-point lead. And even though the Penguins and Rangers will play back-to-back games, if the Rangers can just get one of those two, there's just probably not going to be enough time for the Penguins to be able to catch up. And and, and it's already like the ship has sailed on the Rangers being able to catch New Jersey. So they're pretty much locked into the three seed, but you still want to get better. They're losing battles against the wall, which is something you want to do better in the playoffs. And as Dave Maloney said last night during the broadcast, and I've said it on this podcast many times, you know, too many of this Harlem Globetrotter stuff, where they're just blind backhand passes to the middle of the ice, they look pretty when they connect, but when they're a turnover, it results in a goal. So they've got to clean this up. There's only so much excuse with chemistry and new line mates and all that. It's just you got to be smart. You know, there was there was a moment in a 4, three game where Keandre Miller, who's usually very responsible, is in the corner, and he just bl- throws a blind pa- pass to the middle of the ice and gets intercepted and creates an opportunity. Now, Schutorrkin was good last night, so it wasn't much of an issue. But even with a great goaltender, you cause turnovers and odd man rushes over just not taking care of the puck against better competition, consistently good competition once you get to the playoffs. It could be an early end. So... I was kind of looking forward to last night. The Rangers, you know, beating up on the Capitals and look like they're on their way to do it at 4-1. But give the Caps credit. They come back. Irwin scores a goal. Dowd scores a goal. And now they've got the goaltender pulled. Rangers were able to get the empty netter from Jimmy Vesey. A couple of goals from Mika Zivanejad. Power play looks very, very good. You know, with the addition of Kane and Tarasenko, this power play looks spectacular. It did last night. Uh, against a pretty good Capitals kill, which I think came in sixth best in the NHL last night. So there's a lot of good things. It's just they're gonna have to really take advantage of the games that they have left to just get it right. You know, I had Mark Messi on the Michael K show yesterday, and he believes that Boston can be had Boston lost last night in Chicago. We'll get into that in just a second. that the East is very much wide open, and the Rangers have as much talent as anybody. They've got a great goaltender, great defense, tons of scoring. Kane's going to get better. Tarasenko's going to get better. You know how good Zubanajad is and Panarin is and Kreider can be. They just got to put it together. So it's not about catching Carolina or New Jersey. And I think if they can get through these two games against Pittsburgh, it's not going to be about having a hold off Pittsburgh. It's just going to be about using these 15 games as a blessing as a way to just get right for the playoffs. Because they've invested a lot in this team taking the next step. And when you go to the conference final like they did last year, the next step is going to the final and winning the cup. Let's see if they can do that. Uh, Islanders' tough loss in Los Angeles to the Kings by the final score of 5-2. So the Islanders catch the break because Pittsburgh lost as well. So Pittsburgh's got the first wild card, 78 points. The Islanders have the second wild card at 76. But that was the 69th game played by the Islanders. So right now, Florida's got two games at hand, three points back. Florida's home against Montreal. Islanders are going to continue this West Coast swing. So the door is open for Florida. Buffalo, still very much alive. Five points back. They've got three games in hand on the Islanders. So the Islanders not doing themselves any favors. You hate getting these mid-March Western swings. But that's what the Islanders are going through right now. So they'll get uh, the Ducks tonight in a second of back-to-backs. A game that they just absolutely have to win. Otherwise, they can be in a little bit of trouble, then get a couple of days off before they go to San Jose to take on the Sharks. So these are all winnable games. The Kings, obviously, the tougher of the ones out west because the Kings are a good team. But... They didn't take care of business last night. The door is open. Sabres will play tonight. They've got the Washington Capitals in a second of back-to-backs. Ovechkin did not play last night with the upper body injury. Not sure he's going to be able to play in the game today, so that opens the door for Buffalo maybe to get a little closer as things very interesting in the East.
1: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help.
0: Uh, uh, Tampa kind of scares me. I know they've been kind of out of sight, out of mind, three wins in their last ten, but you know what they're capable of doing. And at the turning point in this game, Devils get on the board first. Severson scores to make it 1-0. A little bit later on, Graves scores to make it 2-0, but rightly so, They got Tatar tagged for a goaltender interference. Take the goal off the board. Sorelli scores shorthanded, and Tampa never looks back. Kucherov had a goal late in the second period that was a backbreaker. So New Jersey loses to Tampa. We mentioned the Canadians win over the Penguins 6-4. Kind of a crazy, crazy game. 43 shots on goal for Pittsburgh. Um, so they really did a great job. But Montembeau really becoming kind of a nice story with the Canadians. Former Florida Panther, backup goaltender to Jake Allen, but I think he's been the better goaltenders of late for Montreal. They come and they play. Rashard gets a goal. Kind of cool story out of him. I think I told you when I was out in Montreal I got a chance to talk to him to see if there was any relation to the Richard family, and there was not. Um, so and he told me this kind of funny story. I might have said it on the podcast before that when he scored his first NHL goal, they showed a graphic on TSN that uh it's the third most goals ever scored by a Richard in Montreal Canadiens history. So his father g- gave him a a picture of it off the off the TV and sent it to him, and it was kind of fun. You know, obviously behind uh, the Richard brothers again, no relation, but a Richard playing for the Montreal Canadiens pretty cool there, so uh, the Canadians kind of get stopped by Montembeau, but it was a tough loss. As, you know Pittsburgh's got the door open for them to try to catch the Rangers. They were within six points. If they could have won last night, kept pace with the Rangers and then have the back-to-back games Thursday and Saturday at the Garden. Now, I don't suspect the Rangers to lose both games at the Garden, but if they did, then all of a sudden it's a two-point game with 13 games left to play, and Pittsburgh could have a shot at trying to climb out of the wild card, but that might be lost. Golden Knights with a five three victory over the the Philadelphia Flyers. Barbashev gets a goal for Vegas, and uh, they hold off. Uh, Barbashev actually gets a couple of goals for Vegas as they've been so good on the road. The Hurricanes, you know, have to play without Svechnikov now. He might be out for the year. That is a devastating blow. For the Hurricanes, they didn't make a lot of moves at the deadline. They picked up guys to spare, but they didn't get any anything to really add any offense. And now you lose maybe one of your best offensive players for the year. It's a really tough loss for the Hurricanes. Hurricanes are an interesting offensive team. They spend a lot of time in the zone, get a lot of shots on goal, don't have a ton of finish. And for Svechnikov to be out, that hurts. But uh, Slavin does a great job. Um, Also uh, Brady Shea. So they get a couple of goals from the blue line. And they win. Kakanyemi now with a couple of goals in that game as well. So they beat the Jets. As for the Jets, we talk about doors opening up now. Winnipeg's got that final playoff spot in the West with 79 points. Nashville picked up a huge win last night. Very quietly trying to climb back into the standings. Uh, The Nashville Predators beat Detroit 2-1. And, again, I'm not overly impressed with Nashville. But Nashville's got 75 points and three games in hand on Winnipeg, four points back. So Nashville's won three in a row. They've got a winnable game against Chicago, while Winnipeg's got to go against Boston, who's lost back-to-back games for the first time all year. So Nashville can get a little closer. Calgary as well. Calgary, we kind of left them for dead, EJ and I. They lose in overtime to the Coyotes, but they do earn a point. So they've got 74. So they're five back of Winnipeg. Problem is they've got no games in hand on the Jets. They've played the same amount of games as Winnipeg, but 68. So I don't think the Flames are going to be able to do it. Nashville, I think, can. They've got a schedule that I think they can navigate through the Predators. As I mentioned, they got Chicago coming up. Then they go head-to-head against Winnipeg at home. So that is a huge game there where they can get directly two points. They've got to go to the Garden in a second of back-to-back against the Rangers. That that's kind of a tough spot. You know, a Saturday in Nashville, lose the hour come east to take on the Rangers, then they're at Buffalo and then home against Seattle. Back-to-back games against the Kraken and the Leafs. So that's where the schedule gets tough. Then at Boston, at Pittsburgh, So Nashville's got a shot here, but they've got to take care of business against Chicago and then directly against Winnipeg, and they might have a realistic chance of making something happen there. So let's keep an eye on that. Let's see. Uh, Games tonight, uh, typical Wednesday, not a ton. Uh, TNT's got their doubleheader avalanche at the Maple Leafs. That should be fun. Blues playing host to the Wild. Told you about the Sabres and Caps. Big game for Buffalo. And then the Islanders, big game for them at the Ducks. So pretty busy night in the National Hockey League with just four games, but it seems like every game has some sort of a playoff implication. All right, let's hear from you. At Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct is always the best way to be able to get in touch with me as we get a chance to talk some hockey here on a Wednesday. Uh, let's jump in with Sam Diaz. Was Gallant a proponent of lineup roulette with Florida and Vegas as he is with the Rangers? I'm wondering if a team has won a cup with as many, much switching of lines that we're currently seeing. He shoveled all the way the last game is in the playoffs last season. Um, listen, you know, we had a chance to talk to Mark Messier on uh, Wednesday, you now the Rangers won the Stanley Cup and they made a ton of deals at the deadline. Pick up Noonan, pick up McTavich, uh, Keek, uh, T- Keek, um Larmer. So you bring all those players in. I'm sure there was line shuffling for them when you're bringing in new bodies. I mean, look at what's happened in Boston, too. They've had to shuffle some bodies in there with Petuzzi coming in for Felino and Hall getting hurt. I wouldn't get too caught up in it. I did mention Monday. I'd like there to be a little bit more consistency. They won a game last night. They scored five goals. I thought all lines were clicking, so hopefully they keep it in place against Pittsburgh. But it's something he wants to do. He flipped them around a lot last year, um, but not to the extent this year. But again, you're you're moving different bodies in and, and really struggling at times to score goals. So I think he'll settle on something, but... Sam, it's a good point of something that they're going to need to work on over these last 15 games. Coop says, Don, I think it's quite apparent that the team, and most certainly Fox, rely on the gutsy Ryan Lingren in their recipe for success. Having said that, if you had a sacrifice one of four players to the cap, who do you see get squeezed via trade? Laffey, Keandre, um, Philip Hedel, or Lindy? Well, Lindy missed his eighth straight game last night with the upper body injury. Now, Mikola has done a terrific job. Mikola's is also a free agent at the end of the year too. Now, I'd rather have Ryan Lingren. I think he's a tough guy. I think he meet, he matches well with Fox. Although I don't think they've lost much with Mikola. I want Ryan Lingren to be a forever Ranger, and I want Keandre Miller to be as well. Um, what it comes down to is Hedl and Lafreniere. And if you ask me right now, granted. Lafreniere was a first overall pick. Philip to me, has been a better player. Now, I don't know how Chris Drury feels about it, how Gerard Gallant feels about it, how the powers that be with the Rangers feel about it. Maybe they think that Lafreniere, because he was a first overall pick, has the higher ceiling. I think heedle has gone, what, like 9, 10 games without a goal here, but he is a 20-goal scorer. You know, he's got a chance, if he gets hot here, to score north of 25. Um, it's interesting. Uh, but I could tell you I'm not getting rid of Lindy i Ru- I'm not gonna get rid of uh Orion Linggren. I'm not gonna get rid of Keandre Miller. Those those guys are just way, way too important to this team. Tommy P says while the Hawks roster is questionable at best, Luke Richardson is still keeping the team playing hard. I love that Richardson retained Derek King on the staff, very happy and hopeful for the coaching future. Now just need some high-end talent. Well, I listened to a lot of that game last night driving home from the Rangers. Luke is very savvy in line matching, and he's a very good coach. I get the sense that he's a very good coach. They just need to be able to create some talent there. We've talked about it so much. The the guys that they let out the door, the DeBrinkets, uh, the Kubaliks of the world. Uh, But I do think that they'll finally put it together, and I think they've found their coach. You're right. With Derrick King as an assistant, I I think the, the Chicago Blackhawks are in a good place. They just need talent. That's for sure. JJ says, it's JJ from North Carolina. Big TMKS fan. I'm not huge into the genre, but would I be way off in saying War Pigs by Sabbath is one of the best heavy metal songs of all time? For the Rangers, do you believe they have a harder path to the cup this year? Or last year. Um, War Pigs, listen, I'm a, I'm a Sabbath fan. Pound for Pound, it's probably my favorite band. There's other songs I like more than War Pigs. War Pigs is a great anthem, but I wouldn't say it's the greatest metal song of all time. I wouldn't say it's the greatest Sabbath song of all time, but uh, still, a very good song off of the Paranoid album. Anyway, um, as far as the, the path, th- th- this is going to be a tougher path. Now, you know, last year, Pittsburgh, they, they, they toyed with Pittsburgh. They were better than Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is, um, the Devils in the first round is going to be tougher than Pittsburgh last year, um, even though the Rangers had to come back from 3-1 down. Uh, Carolina, you're probably going to have to face Carolina again in the second round. And then you got Boston, who's historically good. So, to me, the path is going to be a lot harder this year. ...than it was last year. Steve Brzezinski, always fun to talk to him. Are the Rangers starting to find chemistry at the right time? And what's a realistic win total for Rivalry Week? Last, week's, uh, last night's win was huge. Love the podcast, always. Don. Well, they've won Washington... They played so well in the third period in Pittsburgh. They got off to a slow start to learn to point. I would like to get three points against Pittsburgh. I would be disappointed if they didn't. So the rivalry week, as we say, the three games, Washington, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, six possible points. I think you want to come away with five. You got two in your pocket already. And then don't forget the second of back to backs on Sunday against Nashville, though that's not a rivalry. And then you got back to back games against Carolina next week. So, very, very interesting placement of Nashville. Rangers have two games against Western Conference teams left home against Nashville on Sunday. And then in April, I think it's the fourth to last game of the season, they got to go to St. Louis. Kind of weird.
1: I have a question done.
0: Yes, Anthony, can I help you?
1: I was wondering, did the kids watch the Big City Greens version of the game? Oh. And what did, it, I know that you were on the game, but did you see any of the visuals that you saw on I, Twitter? It actually looked really,
0: really cool. I got to tell you, and, and I'm glad you said that because the game was animated. Uh, it was on Disney Plus, and I told my wife, make sure we got Declan over, so three kids in the house. Seven o'clock, popped the game on. And I did see the highlights at the garden, it was on the Jumbotron, it looked adorable. It really did, and and Michael K had his kids watching it, and it sounded like they enjoyed it. But I'm going to tell you why I'm proud of Marco. I don't really know much about the cartoon itself. The kids don't watch it. My daughter, my twins are five years old. Declan is seven. My nephew, Declan's not a huge sports guy, and Jalen is not into sports. Marco's obsessed by sports. So that the other two watched it. They were entertained for a little while. Marco was into it. However. Marco lost interest because he said, "Mommy, why is Grandma Net? They can't win with Grandma Net. I want my Rangers. Give me my Rangers. These aren't the Rangers." He wanted to see the real broadcast. What a proud moment for you! I was, you know what? I'm glowing. I I, I am a buzz today. I'm glad you brought it up because I, otherwise, I would have I would have forgotten about it. I hope we'll bring it up on the K Show today. That he thought it was adorable and all that, but then he started to get strategic. It's like, why is Grandma on goal? The Rangers can't win with Grandma on goal. Get her out of there. I want my Rangers. So I think Jay would be fine, the but that's broadcast. the other story. What's that?
1: I think Jay would do a fine job, but that's another story.
0: Well, what are you going to do? But uh, I thought it was great. A great initiative by the National Hockey League and get kids into it. It's work with the whole Nickelodeon thing with football. And uh, it did look kind of cool because they would replay the goals that the Rangers scored from the animation on the Jumbotron. And people seemed to react to it uh, pretty well. Who was doing the play-by-play? Because I know Kevin Weeks was doing color. Who did the play-by-play for the animation? Kevin Weeks
1: was doing, I think, Drew Carter.
0: Drew Carter. Was doing it. And actually
1: his his avi on Twitter now is him as a big city Greensprickson, which is actually pretty funny.
0: But uh, I'm not as familiar with his work. But uh, that, that was a great job. But I was very proud of Marco. He didn't want no stupid animation. He wanted his actual Rangers. So I thought that was, uh, that was pretty cool. Uh, AZ Ranger says, I'm not saying that I want him to. But if the Rangers lose in the first round, would Gallant be in jeopardy of losing his job?
1: Oh, dear God in heaven.
0: I just can't see what would, what would be the justification. Honestly. Um, What would you say? Uh, I need to see how it plays itself out. Like, let's say they get embarrassed by New Jersey, get swept or in in none of the games. Well, then I guess you can make a case, hey, something's going on here. They don't want to play for him, whatever. You start hearing some players having some problems in the exit interviews and stuff. That's like a worst-case scenario where maybe you'd contemplate the possibility of pulling the plug after two years. This guy got you to Game 6 of a conference final last year. Out of nowhere. Come back from three-one down against Pittsburgh. Come back down against Carolina um, and, and win. And then, yeah, they're up. They blew a two games to none lead in the series, but still they pushed uh, the two-time Stanley Cup champions to a Game Six in the conference final. Um, this year has not lived up maybe to expectations in the regular season, but they're a lock playoff team um, and. I think he's done a pretty good job navigating through what has been kind of an interesting season with all the transitions, transitions and everything else, or transactions and everything else. And again, they'll have home ice disadvantage in the first round against the New Jersey team that might finish ten points ahead of them. So, and he's in his second year now. Does that put him on notice? Let's say they get bounced in the first round. Will he be on notice in year three? Probably. But um, I mean, and I. Anthony, I don't think it comes from a negative place because, again, when you go out and you get Patrick Kane and you get Tarasenko, that's not to make the playoffs. That's to make a run. And when you get bounced in the first round, it's jarring. But uh, to to have the coach be the scapegoat, I guess stranger things have happened. But I I think I would have a a, a bit of problem But
1: your point is right, Don, in the sense that there's a chance that even with the additions that the Rangers made, the Devils are the better team. Which I think is a bigger concern or a bigger problem because the Devils are young, and of course they added Timo Meyer, and they could get better. Where the Rangers are going to be in a cap situation, like one of our uh, Twitter questions indicated, that they might have to lose somebody like Ryan Lindgren because they have to pay Miller and Lafreniere and Kako and Heedle. So, I'm not saying that the, the window is closing by any stretch of the imagination, but it's going to get harder for this team to keep... Well, they're themselves together as they are right now. And of course, I don't think you could bring back both Tarasenko and Kane. You may not be able to bring back either, just like they did with Copp and Vetrano last year.
0: You know, it's so interesting um, that there's more pressure on the Rangers because I don't know if they have any delusions to think they can keep Tarasenko or Kane. Probably not. Where New Jersey believes they can re-sign Timo Myers. So that takes a little pressure away from New Jersey knowing that it wasn't a rental. Um, Again, I don't know. Their cap is going to be such a – they're going to have to really figure out some very, very difficult things. Even if they're able to keep Kane and Tarasenko, it'll come at the expense of somebody else that's really important to the team. Uh, But let's save all that for the offseason for sure. Uh, But it should be a lot of fun. Uh, Friday, barring any kind of wacky medical mishap, which can always happen to a 55-year-old. Why would you wish that? I'm not wishing it. I'm just saying that you can't rule anything out is that we will have our top five of the week. We'll take more of your tweets and at Don LaGreca, hashtag GameMisconduct, and get you ready for what's going to be another busy weekend in the NHL. So thanks for Anthony Pusick. Thanks for everybody for participating today. It was a lot of fun. We'll talk to you again on Friday. This was the Wednesday edition of Game Misconduct.
1: This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.